0: Welcome to the Taproom Exclusive. I'm Dean Zarbell. I'm here at the Brew Kettle Production Facility in Strongsville, Ohio. I'm with Jack Kephart and Justin Curlin. We are on to the Kitka. This is another beer. It seems to me, for as long as I've known about Brew Kettle, which I was a little late to the to the craft beer game, I will admit. I was in California for a while, and just I just didn't get the bug until pretty recently. Uh, But it seems to me for as long as I've known about Brew Kettle, there's been White Raja and there's been Kitka. They've been the two big names that I know from your guys' place. And before I got back into craft and fell down the rabbit hole again, I'll admit that this was something that probably wouldn't appeal to me. But I'm somebody now that as I've gotten into this world, I've learned to appreciate styles that I might not have appreciated before. And this is a really nice well-balanced chocolate coconut stout. There's not too much of anything going on. That's always, with coconut, there can be, it's a very fine line for me, because it's, it's it has nothing to do with the quality of your product. It's a, always been a very well-made beer. Coconut, for me, is a very hit-or-miss flavor. You guys nail it in this one. I love this one.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, coconut is, coconut as well as most other flavors are, Tough to because if you listen to you know everybody that gives you feedback, you're you get you know 180 degrees of feedback. Somebody mm. somebody will think it tastes like suntan lotion, and somebody will think where's the coconut? Yeah, and so over the first couple of years of brewing this, we you know went through various suppliers to you know give us that you know coconut and and chocolate flavor, and it was really the first first beer for us that was you know. Because there's a lot of flavor-derived beers now mm. out there. So I think this came out in 2012. And so it was our first foray into, you know, that kind of market. And we were just looking for something to do with the dark beer. So it's a it's a milk sweet stout base, so there's lactose in it to give it a little bit of body and and some, you know, subtle background sweetness. And then the, the flavoring... Uh, are naturally derived you know coconut coconut extracts and uh and chocolate extracts
0: and balancing these kind of flavors in the brew's got to be a pretty difficult task and, and from an, outspi- an outsider's perspective like myself it seems like trying to get get this dialed in is a, is a pretty tough task to do every time but am i right or is it yeah is it pretty would, much just kind of once you've done it you kind of know what you're no, doing no once
1: you once once we got it nailed down it's 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 fairly consistent. I mean, you, the only variables are, you know, the quantity that you're, you know, that you get processed, you know, while you're while you're adding that, you know, flavoring to it. So it's 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 a dialed in process that we we've nailed. We don't have to worry about. Uh,
0: and and going to the beginning of this, you know, you wasn't the the market that it is today in that this flavored stouts weren't really as big as they were was it to stick out in that market the reason behind coming up with this style is just to play with the the milk stout style
1: yeah yeah i mean that's that's always been one of my favorite styles back from when i first started you know drinking beer sweet stouts milk stouts so yeah it was it was i i guess you could say it was not necessarily inspired by but you know i'm friends with rick formerly with willoughby and 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 they had their you know coffee peanut butter right. porter so this was kind of like well let's try you know try something you know along those lines but completely different
0: and nowadays it's uh, it was sort of uh, revolutionary in that it came out and now all of a sudden now you see a lot of these styles uh, everybody's playing with flavored stouts and sweet stouts and stuff so it was a it was ahead of its time definitely uh definitely an inspiration for the for the growth of of what it is today.
2: I always tell people it's my favorite beer we make. I mean, all the other beers that we have are great, but, you know, to me, this is like you said earlier, it's very well balanced. It's not overly sweet. Um, I'm not a huge fan of coconut either, because like he said earlier, it's, you know, can taste very... um, you know, uh, sunscreen-ish. And I don't think you get that. I think the chocolate prevails over it, and then the the coconut is very subtle on the tail end of it. Uh, And to me, that's probably the best way you could do it. Um, And it's just, it is, it's very well balanced. Um, And so for me, you know, I'm a situational drinker, but at the same time, uh, you know, I don't think there's any situation where I couldn't go, you know what, even on a hot day, I I could crush one of those because it is very, Kind of light
0: in, yeah. in its body, so. Well, it's, I I see a lot of people still buying it in in the middle of summer, and stouts not normally you're in the middle of summer, yeah. thinking you know that's not what you're necessarily thinking of, but that's kind of that tells you the product that you have. Yep. Is people are willing to go out and get it in the middle of summer too? You know you got a really good product
2: yeah for sure for sure and you know you're right we our sales are pretty consistent year round with it. I mean it, it is a much smaller category so we don't you know obviously we sell a, a heck of a lot more white Raja than we would uh, Kitka, but um, it sells consistently I mean uh, throughout the year so uh, it's a brand that we definitely are going to be, you know, moving forward with. And as we transition into that can and bottle, like we, we talked about, we will be transitioning Kitco right behind um, that with new graphics and the whole nine yards. So uh, still the same price point, $10.99. So uh, we feel like we're priced appropriately there. And, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely, a, it, it's in our mainstays, you know, uh, mm-hmm. for a reason.
0: Definitely. So. When do you have an idea of roughly when you can start seeing cans out?
2: Well, I would say that's probably going to be towards the end of summer, somewhere in the August time frame. I mean, realistically, because we, we have this new facility, um, you know, coming online, that's really going to determine when we can, you know, go full on. I mean, we have to start with White Raja and then from go from there, um, you know, as we transition. But once we're over into that new facility, uh, for us, it's really going to make a big difference because it's going to give us about two times the brewing capacity that we have here currently nice. at the production facility here so in, uh, our own line. in our own canning line and uh you know we're we're looking into a bunch of different things We're gonna, you know this year I, I always say 2019 is kind of our setup year but 2020 is going to be the year where you really see the brew kettle kind of making strides and and starting to innovate a little bit and uh you know starting to get into uh you know everything's going to be kind of nailed down by then. So uh but we're really excited about, you know, where that expansion into cans will do for us and, you know, it's just gonna open a bunch more opportunity.
0: Absolutely. You know, like we've been saying, you know, take it more places. It's just it. it's just a good uh it's a good idea with where with where the industry's been moving. Is is this something when you if you're gonna eat with it, do you desert the, do you pair this with a dessert, or do you? What do you, would you go main course? What main course would you go with this? I should say. To me,
2: I mean, everybody likes to pigeonhole stouts into dessert because <laughs> yeah. they typically have, you know. But to me, I would cook with this. I would do any kind of oh, a pork yeah. shoulder or any kind Ooh. of a, that you could you could braise with that, or you know, even if you boiled it down and created a little bit, made it a little bit thicker, and then you know, kind of use it as a marinade. Um, but I mean, I like when people do big big kind of proteins with beers that they typically wouldn't yeah. do because that to me means you're really stretching the limits. Yeah. And it doesn't take a genius to say hey look if you had a coconut pie right. it would go really well no, with This a would be like a pie. great with like a yeah. creme brulee. Yeah, like, yeah, It doesn't take a genius oh, wow. to do that. It's yeah, cool, real Thanks. easy. You know? Thanks for but that you, insight. You take that and you put a little coffee or something and you braise a pork shoulder and you make it cook it down I don't know. You, there's a ton. Of, I'm not a chef but I would tell you I would be way more impressed by somebody using that in a, in a, with some kind of a protein yeah. than they would be with some kind of a dessert. And you know, in this business... Like pulled pork. Yeah, know. that's what I'm saying. Just something that yeah. you... Yeah, if you if you cooked with it, I think you could... Yeah. A, a good chef could do a lot of things with that. I have to do a lot of beer dinners in my world. and Yeah. Um, so I've had a lot of bad desserts with good fruit beers yeah. or good, you know, stouts with right. uh, fruit beers. And uh, so, yeah, it's just one of those things where, you know, I like when people challenge themselves and try to take that and cook with some kind of protein. Yeah. Uh, I think it's pretty cool.
0: Well, let's issue a challenge right here, right now. Uh, throw out some recipes for Kitka. You can put it on, uh, on my Facebook page at facebook.com slash the taproom exclusive and, and post your best Kitka recipes. I like to hear some, some ideas of what's out there. Cause, and, if you need some inspirations or something, let's let us know, yeah. because and that's a good idea. Like just to, as like a, here, it, you can make whatever dish you want, but the one ingredient you have to have in it, it has to be Kat. And
1: we, use, I, I, I feel bad for not knowing what it is, but they use it for something in, at, at the, at at the, the restaurant at the restaurant
0: i will forgive you you're not a chef
1: <laughs>
2: yeah <laughs> well no i mean look if the listeners have ideas you know we're all about it i mean yeah. and if it's really good hit us up with it you right. never know it might end up on the menu if it's good enough you know um, so uh it's definitely something you know look but we realize that our customers our craft beer customers and our restaurant customers you know they're very passionate about our beer as well and uh, and if they're using it to cook with it and they can provide us with some, you know, some help, like we'll take it, you know, Absolutely. Uh, we're not above it. That's for sure.
0: Absolutely. Is there anything about this beer before we get into my questionnaire that I might've forgotten to cover that you wanted to maybe tell the people about?
1: No, no, we're, we're really happy with it. I, I think we struck a balance as you yeah. said, and, uh, and for, you still get the, uh, something we strive for is, is, for our beers, still to have a a beer, you know, base. You yeah. can still tell it's beer whether yep. we're we're fruiting it or you know, adding other flavors. That it's still inherently beer,
0: and and it is. It very much is. So this questionnaire was inspired by Inside the Actor's Studio. Uh, there's ten questions, and we'll just get right into it. Uh, what is your favorite style of beer to brew and to drink? So they can be different. Yes. Unless they are the same, some people bo- enjoy brewing and drinking Doppelbox. I've had that answer because it's it's a pretty easy beer to tr- make. So,
1: uh, I would say Mars and Oktoberfest is kind of nice. like my holy grail of brewing. Nice, and I would say it's it's almost my it's it's also what I like to drink too. I mean, I like hoppy beers. I like I like sour beers, yeah. but but if I'm sitting down to just really just enjoy a beer or two sitting around talking with friends it's
0: I can geek out about mars man I love that's one of my absolute favorite styles too uh, going to the opposite end of the spectrum what's your least favorite style to drink into brew nothing that you necessarily have against the style but it's just maybe it's a bit of more of a pain to to make
1: uh wow well, probably to drink it's probably holiday beers I mean I, I, it's not that it's I hate expensive. them but it's just you know I again i want beer yeah i want beer to be predominant as far as making beers almost any beer that's a challenge is something that you know most brewers probably want to brew so it's probably you know the most mundane beer it's probably whatever beer you're brewing A lot of, right. so unfortunately, sadly, that's white roger. Yeah. but it's not, there's nothing against it. It just yeah. becomes, no, absolutely. you know, uh, it's just a routine. Yeah. You know, I mean, you've done it you so much. Exactly. Well, I mean, you love the shandy so much. You <laughs> love brewing that, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's a quick beer to brew. Yeah, yeah. It's a Is quick turnaround brew, time. It, it, really Cause nice. it's lower alcohol. So, oh, it, yeah. it, so it makes, it makes for a shorter brew day. Yeah, that's true.
0: What profession other than your own would you like to attempt?
1: Ooh. I've, already I've already been a graphic designer. So I'm done with that. <laughs> uh, I I love carpentry, you know. I mean, if I was, I think I'm I'm okay at it. I mean, I couldn't make a living at it yeah. because I just take too long to do anything, and I'd starve to death, you know, trying to make a chair or table that right. took me six months to. But six I did it. <laughs> made a chair.
0: What profession would you not like to attempt?
1: Yeah, that's that's an even tough I one. I mean, a politician, you can't win. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, you know. I don't 100%. know. God, I would. I, <laughs> that would have been. <laughs> I almost think. Wow, that would have been an interesting put as what I would like to. Just to beat myself over the head. with Yeah, it. that's right. Uh, hmm, probably anything that would require excessive, you know, continued schooling. So I'll just throw a lawyer yeah. out there. Yeah. Because who wants to be a lawyer? No, no.
0: No offense it. to any lawyers No, be out there listening Disclaimer Yeah uh, Please don't sue me No uh, What Good catch <laughs> <laughs> which, which Not that You used to be a lawyer Yeah um, Which hurdles did you personally face Getting into this business And how did you overcome them
1: Basically just getting your foot in the door And like I said I had a, l- a lucky break You know Having that happen, so you know, I missed the uh, I missed the first wave, you know, back in the early '90s, and then about the time I caught on, it was you know, right after 9/11, where you know, breweries in town, you know, right 15, 20 percent of the breweries in town closed, you know, from that. Maybe not because of that, but you know, just the economic, yeah, yeah, absolutely, and. Yeah, so I, I I can't really say that I, I've had any, like, brutal hurdles other than, you know, just at the peak of my growth phase, there was kind of just a down, you know, yeah. a low tide in the brewing industry. Just ride the waves. Yeah.
0: Uh, what has been the most interesting trend you saw in 2018 in the craft beer industry?
1: You could help with this.
2: Uh, I mean, to me, it's, it's the swing back away from hops and, and towards yeah. lagers and towards... Yeah. You know, sessionable, drinkable, yellow beer, right? Um, Absolutely. I mean, I think obviously the hazy phase is there, and it's you know it is what it is. But there is a solid amount of new lagers entering into entering into the market. Yeah. Um, So that was pretty interesting to me. I mean, we saw it coming, but um, you know, it's uh, this year. It's really picking up steam. Absolutely.
0: Uh, On the opposite end of that, least interesting trend that you saw recently.
2: Too many hazy beers. Yeah, I mean it's getting to the point where it's like saturation. Yeah, it's just over over the top. Don't get me wrong, I get it, but it's sometimes to me being able to brew a beer with that amount of flavor that's crystal clear. That's 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 the real challenge in it. You know, Uh,
1: I'm gonna say this, Justin. He's not gonna like it, but but throwing (laughs) throwing like gummy bears and and fruit loops into into mash and you know yeah see what comes (laughs) out. Yeah. I
0: agree, man. I, I I'm with you. Uh, I mean, and
1: I guess as a, as a pub brewer, you have yeah, I guess you have the you have the ability to do that because you're selling small amounts of it. But right. at the end of the day, man, give me a beer.
0: <laughs> what is uh, what is one piece of practical advice you'd give someone to start that is starting out in this industry?
1: Learn, you know, just go someplace and at least you know volunteer and. You know, just for a little bit. There's a lot of poor guys that you know are you know opening places, and you know if you find the right niche, to s- the nice small community, you, you you might be able to make it. But they're they're opening these you know smaller breweries, and they're they're thinking about you know putting beer in package. So I would say, a learn a little bit first, and then b serve a small community and don't think about
2: putting beer in package. Yeah, and to me I would just, you know, follow that up by saying don't be afraid to challenge the limits of what beer is and what beer can be. Right. Um, because I feel like the, the best new brewers are the ones that are out there challenging what the public says is okay with beer and not. And the beers that stick around, the beers that have staying powers are the ones that didn't listen to that and have challenged what beer is and what beer can be. Absolutely.
0: If you could send a message to yourself ten years ago, what would you tell the younger you? Just ten years
1: ago? Just ten years ago. I if it was like twenty-five. Let's go twenty. I have to go I have to count back and see what <laughs> would twenty five be. <laughs> so uh much. ten years ago. We'll just stick with ten. Uh probably try to, you know convince you're just whisper in the ear of, of, of uh, ownership here you know just because we didn't know just to get into cans earlier you know I think that would have been a you know a great thing I mean it's nothing that anybody did wrong it's yeah. just you know it would just been nice to do that
0: yeah absolutely uh, and finally what or who has been the biggest influence in your brewing career
1: uh, I'm gonna say a, a really good friend of mine who passed away recently uh he was like my homebrew mentor uh down in akron uh by the name of art beal he's uh i mean he was a storied and and meddled homebrewer you know won uh in the uh amateur you know homebrewing awards you know circuit I guess you could say the uh, the American uh, Homebrew Association uh, has an annual na- nationwide competition and and the brewer that you know garners the most points for you know metal beers wins uh, an award called the uh, Ninkasi Award and I believe he won that in 1998 oh, wow. and that was about you know about the time that I was at least joined the club that he was in the Society of Akron area uh, the Zymer just and uh so he taught me a lot i mean he taught me basically you know everything i knew to to geek out and yeah. and become a professional
0: uh and anything you guys want to get out about brew kettle and or yourselves before we head out
2: not really just uh you know we uh we're expanding i don't know if you uh, we we obviously didn't talk about that but Um, We're looking to, we'll be putting a store in Mentor here coming up soon. And then there'll be one in Avon shortly there after that. So uh, a lot of big things coming with the brew kettle. You know, like I said, 2020 is going to be a big year for us. Uh, You're going to see a lot of changes coming at the end of 2019 and then into 2020. So, um, you know, thank you guys. Thanks everyone out there that has ever supported the brew kettle. We obviously appreciate all the love and support we've given—you guys have given us over the course of the last, you know, 25 years now—and uh, you know, we're looking for some big things in the future. So, yeah. uh, any questions? Please feel free to reach out to any one of us through our website, thebrewkettle.com. Um, we will be more than happy to try to answer them for you.
0: Thank you guys uh, for your time and enjoy your day. Tune in next time for another all-new all new episode of the Tap Room Exclusive.